I love that video. There is something that just captures me in that video, that blazing fire. You know, that's, God wants to set us on fire like that. I'm just going to move this a bit further towards you. Um, so, yeah, this is the third um, uh, week. We haven't done it consecutively, but this is the third part of our Ignite series. And this morning, it's about creativity. Um, so I was, uh, I don't know who I was mentioning this to, maybe my dad before, um, I was kind of looking through the list. I said to Mark, oh, I'll do the 28th. And I was looking through the list. And, you know, I, when I spoke about freedom uh, a few weeks ago, um, I spoke about creativity as part of that. And um, so um, I started thinking, oh, should I do something else? Or, you know, should I do creativity? And um, I don't know what, what was going on, really, whether that I, I was doubting that I was the right person to, to bring that. But God said, no, I want you to speak about creativity. So, so here I am. So, um, yeah, so when I, when I, I spoke about creativity because, um, you know, I believe that God wants to liberate us in our creativity and that our creativity in turn will liberate others. And I said that before. Um, so we're going to go right back to the beginning. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Right back to the beginning beginning of creation. And I'd actually taken, um, uh, so Genesis 1 is what I'm talking about, and I was actually going to read it from the message, but I don't know if you're familiar with this book. It's the Jesus Storybook Bible. And the lady who's written this, Sally Lloyd-Jones, she has an amazing way of, um, so it's biblical, it's absolutely, you know, founded on, on the Bible, but she has a way of telling this story that's just so captivating. So I'm going to read it from here. It's a, it's a children's book, but we use it all the time. Um, okay, so the title of this is The Beginning, A Perfect Home. And it says, in the beginning, there was nothing. If it helps you to close your eyes, by the way, I don't mind that at all. Just let your imagination go. In the beginning, there was nothing. Nothing to hear, nothing to feel, nothing to see. Only emptiness and darkness and nothing but nothing. But God was there. And God had a wonderful plan. I'll take this emptiness, God said, and I'll fill it up. Out of the darkness, I'm going to make light. And out of the nothing, I'm going to make everything. Like a mummy bird flutters her wings over her eggs to help her babies hatch. God hovered over the deep, silent darkness. He was making life happen. God spoke, that's all. And whatever he said, it happened. God said, hello, light. And light shone into the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. You're good, God said. And they were. Then God said, hello, sea. Hello, sky. And a great space opened up, wide and deep and high. You're good, God said. And they were. Then God said, hello, land. And there, splashing up through the oceans, came cliffs, mountains, sandy beaches, you're good, God said, and they were. Hello, trees, God said. Hello, grass and flowers. And everything, everywhere burst into life. He made buds bud, shoots shoots, flowers flower. You're good, God said, and they were. Hello, stars, God said, just like they were an old friend. Hello, sun, hello, moon. And whizzing into the darkness came fiery globes spinning around and around, whirling orange and purple and golden planets. You're good, God said, and they were. Hello, birds, God said, and with a fluttering and flapping and chirping and singing, birds filled the sky. Hello, fish, God said, and with a darting and dashing and wriggling and splashing, fish filled the seas. You're good, God said, and they were. 
Then God said, hello, animals. And everyone came out to play. The earth was filled with noisy noises, growling and gobbling and snapping and snorting and happy, happy kerfuffling, whatever that is. You're good, God said, and they were. And God saw all that he had made, and he loved them. And they were lovely because he loved them. But God saved the best for last. From the beginning, God had a shining dream in his heart. He would make people to share his forever happiness. They would be his children and the world would be their perfect home. So God breathed life into Adam and Eve. When they opened their eyes, the first thing they ever saw was God's face. And when God saw them, he was like a new dad. You look like me, he said. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever made. God loved them with all his heart, and they were lovely because he loved them. And Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind in the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who made them. Their hearts were filled with happiness, and nothing ever made them sad or lonely or sick or afraid. God looked at everything he had made. Perfect, he said, and it was but all the stars and the mountains and oceans and galaxies and everything were nothing compared to how much God loved his children. He would move heaven and earth to be near them always. Whatever happened, whatever it cost him, he would always love them. And so it was that the wonderful love story began. I could just leave it there, couldn't I? In Genesis, yeah, so I mean... We could just spend all, well, we will spend all eternity, won't we? Just thinking about that, thinking on like our creator God and what he did, what he made from nothing. It's just mind-blowing. Um, in Genesis 2, it kind of goes on to, this is from the Amplified Translation, it goes on to explain how God created Adam. And it said, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not yet caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But there went up a mist, a fog, a vapor from the land, and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of spirit of life, and man became a living being. And then the Lord God planted a garden towards the east in Eden, which means delight, and there he put the man who he had formed and framed and constituted and the Lord God took the man. He put him there to tend and guard and keep it. And like Adam, just like God breathed into Adam, we, he breathed his spirit and his life into us. And he made us in the image of himself, creator God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are creative in nature. That's what I really want to get at this morning. We're made in God's image. He's our creator. And we have creativity running through us. Okay, before I go any further, could I have some stewards help me to hand these out? Um, I, wanna, I want us to get past the lie, and I spoke about this when I spoke about freedom, the lie that we can so easily fall into the trap of believing the lie of I am not creative. And yeah, please give one to each person. And I want you to, I want you to look at it and read it, but I want you to know that that is a lie of the enemy. Okay, and when you get it, after you've looked at it, I want you to rip it up. You can rip it in two, you can rip it in four, I don't care. Rip it up. And come and put it in this bin down here. Physically come, put it in the bin down there. Because that is not what God says about you, okay? You are creative. He has made you to be creative.
Awesome. Yeah, put it in with gusto. That is powerful, isn't it? Got all this lye in the bin here. Do you want to put this in here? Put it in there. That's it. You can rip it. Do you want to rip it up? Look. Oh, yes. Put it in the bin. Awesome. Okay, has everyone got the sheet that I want you to keep that's the truth? Jeff will give you one if you haven't already got one. Okay, we're going to read this together. So the first thing, read it with me. I am made in the image of my creator God. Therefore, I am creative in nature. Jesus has given me the freedom to express my creativity in order to glorify him. The Holy Spirit enables me to explore new ways of seeing, thinking, and doing. I am loved by God, therefore I need not live in fear. Amen. Amen. So, I want you to hold those things. You could keep looking at them, I don't mind. Just hold those things while I'm just carrying on this talk. So God created Adam. He gave him work to do in the garden, to tend to it, to guard it, to keep it, to subdue it. And this involved using the creativity that God had given him. Adam was responsible for guarding and keeping and beautifying the place where God's presence resided at that time. Because he was with, there was no separation. God was with Adam in the garden. And God also gave Adam the job of naming the animals. And when I spoke last time about freedom and about our name change, I talked about the importance uh, and significance of names, didn't I? Do you remember? And in Hebrew culture, names were so and still are so important, and thought is put into them so that they reflect the nature, the character, the essence of the thing being named. So it took understanding about what that animal was like, how did it move, what, what color was it, what shape was it, um, and, and it took understanding, intelligence, and a, I'm sure a bit of fun as well to name the animals. I mean, how did Adam name the duckbill platypus the duckbill platypus, you know? I don't know. Um, so it was a creative process for Adam to name the animals. And later on in Genesis, God gives instruction to Moses for a different kind of work to be done, and that was in the building of the temple, the place where God's presence would once again reside. And there were two men who were drafted in um, right to be right at the helm of this magnificent project, and they were called Bezalel and Aholiab. And I'm going to read from Genesis 35, verse 30. It says, then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and the expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft, and the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. And moving along to Genesis 36, verse 1, the Lord has gifted Bezalel, Aholiab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. 
So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as, as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. And the building of the temple, it took those, not only those who were highly skilled and trained with ability and intelligence and able to teach, like Bezalel and the Holy Ab, but there were those other skilled craftsmen in different, maybe one different area, and all those who were willing to do the work, as well as everyone who brought offerings of the materials to complete the project. So there was so many levels of creativity in, in completing this project together. And... Um, you know, sometimes we find ourselves at the helm of a project, a bit like Bezalel, and sometimes we're the willing heart that um, gets involved because we've caught a vision and we see what's, what's wanting to be built and needing to be built, and we get on board with that, even though we might think, you know, what can I bring? But, you know, we feel with the spirit, we bring a willing heart to the table. And in this day, we are also building the temple of the Lord, aren't we? The church, his beautiful bride who is coming back for. And it's going to take our intelligence, our skill, our craft, our willing hearts, and most importantly, being filled with the Holy Spirit continually. So hopefully, we've now got past the lie that we are not creative. It's in the bin, yeah? But maybe you're still comparing yourself to others and thinking, well... I'm not a dancer or a poet or a painter or a singer. And I've said this before, and I think, Mark, you even said it last week, comparison's a killer, okay? It's, it's something that an enemy wants to get us trapped in, comparing us, whatever it is, comparing ourselves to others. No, you know, we are in our own lane. It doesn't mean we can't celebrate other people, but we are in our own lane, and God's called us to do stuff that only we can do, okay? Amen. So comparison, don't compare yourself to others. Um, I've said this, celebrate what God's given to others, but look to what God has put in you and be obedient to do what he wants you to do with it, okay? Being creative is not only to do with the creative arts. That's another line. Every day, creativity is at work in our lives because it's in our nature, okay? It's in our fiber, it's in our DNA. We are made in the image of our creator God, Creativity runs in us and through us, and it's evident in our everyday lives, not just the times when we do a special performance or, you know, we, we do a special event. No, it's every day. And I just want to give us some examples of, I was thinking about, okay, where's creativity in the everyday? So you can put your hand up if you've ever done these things. So looking in the cupboard and thinking, hmm, okay, haven't been to the shops this week or today. I've got so-and-so coming over for dinner. I promised them a three-course meal. What am I going to do? So you look in the cupboard. Okay, pull this out, pull this out. Okay, yeah, these, these things could work together, but yeah, those flavors go well together. Yeah, I could do this. That could be the first course. Yeah, and I've got, yeah, I've got something in the back of the cupboard that could be pudding. Okay, there's creativity in that. You're creating something that you've never cooked before. You've never put together before. It's not in any recipe book. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? Okay, that's not me. So I put my hand down. <laughs> um, what about any gardeners here? Yeah. Cool. Again, hand down. <laughs> um, but guard, gardening, it takes, um, 
you, you have to see things in a certain way, see what, what shrubs and plants work together. Um, you have to have understanding, know what, what plants thrive in certain soils or in the shade or the sun. Okay, it takes creativity. Um, I know I've said this before in a different talk about thankfulness, but um, I went to the Tatton Park flower show, um, a bit like the Chelsea flower show, but in Tatton Park, and um, I was absolutely bowled over by the creativity that was there. Um, by the, the, the colours of the flowers and the shapes and, and, and just the thinking outside of the box of those, you know, for the, for the um, show gardens. You know, just amazing creativity and working with God's creativity because he made that stuff and then, and then thinking, okay, how can I put this at its best to communicate something to those who are looking at it? Just amazing. And how about teaching children Teachers are so creative. They have to be creative. Teaching children about the world and about life and God and everything in between. Um, and then that leads on to raising children. Okay, parenting, discipling children. It takes creativity every day when you're a parent to organize them, to help them navigate life, to teach them, to discipline them. You know, has anyone ever got to the end of their rope with a parenting issue and run out of ideas and in a moment of desperation gone, gone God, I need your help. I don't know what to do. Yes, hands up. <laughs> Um, and, you know, God gives us, um, you know, wisdom and creativity work hand in hand, I found. Okay, God gives you the heavenly wisdom and, and gives you that practical outworking, that creativity to actually bring something about. And, you know, he'll give you a new method to try, a new way of handling that child just whispers to you, have you thought about doing this with your child? Um, uh, you know, something practical that enables you to help your child and to overcome the problem. Um, what about decorating a room? Anybody decorated a room in their house or in somebody else's house before? Yeah, probably quite a lot of us. And it's not just about picking out the colours of the curtains and the wallpaper and the, the new paint and the, the carpet. But, um, you know, that takes creativity to think about how things will go together. But what about when you strip away that 20-year-old paper or that 40-year-old paper or that 100-year-old paper? There's inevitably going to be problems underneath. And, okay, how do you deal with those? How do you make that good before you then put your stamp on it? That takes creativity to, to do that. Um, anyone organized an event? So I'm talking a child's birthday party, any birthday party, a wedding uh, an evangelistic event, a conference, a dinner party, or even just getting your family around the meal table at night. Okay, that sometimes feels like a bit of a, yeah, an event. Um, yeah, you know, that, that takes creativity. And what about when you've got very little space to, um, to use and you have to come up with really invented ways of storing stuff away? You know, have you seen those videos of, um, there's a few clips on the, or probably a lot of clips on the internet about, um, people who take such a like just a little box, and then these things come down from the walls. Things come up from the ceiling. You know, um, walls become tables, and tables become beds. And it's ingenious. I mean, anybody ever seen anything like that? And then it all goes back, and then there's space to just relax and you know watch TV. And it's multi-purpose. Um, and I just think there's so much ingenuity and creativity in that. And um, I love watching George Clark's amazing spaces. Um, because not only do people take really small spaces and make it fit for purpose, that you know they might, may want an office down the end of the garden, or um, there's this one time where I think I saw it, it was a like dilapidated caravan and chickens had been living in it, and the lady who bought it for like 50 quid or something turned it into a really beautiful. It was still pretty basic, but it was beautiful kind of caravan, and she would sell cr cream teas out of it, you know, and she completely repurposed it. You know, there's creativity and vision in that. Um, 
How about anyone who is involved with IT, whether it's like hobby or for work? Yeah, you know, there's creativity in that. It's not just, logist, you know, logical kind of A to B kind of tech, you know, techno stuff. I'm looking at Mark. But, um, you know, when there's, when there's problems that come up with stuff, so like I'll go to Mark, Mark, my iPhone's not doing this, so I can't do this with my iPad, and usually it's really simple. Um, but, you know, Mark will kind of, okay, yeah, that is a bit of a problem. And, and you know, troubleshooting, there's creativity in problem solving and troubleshooting. Um, what about doodling when someone puts you on hold on the phone? Okay, it's usually me to the tax office, you know. Um, you're on hold for like half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, but doodling, you know, it might not mean anything. You might turn it into something. But, you know, that's our creativity coming out, you know, doodling. Um, what about working with teams, uh, people? Um, you know, we have to think creatively how best to, that, that those people fit together and what they bring to the table and so that the team succeeds and is effective. And, you know, there's always problems with people. There always will be. And, you know, we have to be creative in how we think of that. And, you know, thank God we can have heaven's perspective when we're dealing with people. What about getting to the end of the month and you have so much in your pocket? And you're like, okay, I need to do this and this and this. And I kind of want to do that. And, and creatively finding a way of fitting all that in. You know, when the, the money's not flowing in at that point in the month, you're waiting for payday to come. Um, and, you know, you've got to be creative with what you do with that money. What about, you know, picking out a card or a gift or making something for somebody? That takes creativity. You're thinking about the other person and how it's going to bless them and minister to them. And... Uh, what about making a model from toilet rolls and tin cans and cereal boxes? If anyone's ever had children, I'm sure that you've done that. And usually you're the one at the end sitting at the table when the kids are long gone and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm making this thing. Yeah, you know, you're repurposing something to make something else. Um, who likes organizing old photographs in albums or scrapbooks? Anybody? Yeah, and it, it, no, <laughs> we live in a digital, digital age, don't we? We probably don't print out a lot of photos, but I love doing that. I love kind of like fitting things together and, and I, then I love looking back through it and other people I know like looking through photos as well. Um, what about this one? Have you ever written a proposal for work or an essay or a dissertation? It takes creative creativity to string words together and sentences yeah. together and paragraphs together to communicate your thoughts and I remember when I was doing my degree and I was in my final year and it came to the point when I had to come up with a title for my dissertation. And um, I just couldn't get there on my own. <laughs> I was kind of just, yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't coming. And I just asked God to help me. And, um, you know, he loves to help us in those things. It's not just the spiritual things, um, but he, he's involved with every aspect of our life. So I asked him, God, I need, I need you to help me with this because I need to come up with a title. And he pretty much downloaded this title to me. And I might have tweaked it. Mum might have helped me tweak it a little bit. And, um, but yeah, I could tell you other times when I've struggled to come up with an idea, but God has um, said something at just the right time and, and given an idea or a thought or, a, or just, yeah, the words. Um, I'm sure lots of you have stories like that as well. Um, Galatians 6, 4-5 in the Message Bible says this, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself, and don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, and we're not on our own in that. 
God is with us in that, and he helps us to do the creative best with what we've been given, because he's put it there in the first place. And I look across this room today, and I hear some of the creativity that I see, okay? I actually see, as I know you, and I see what you're like and what you do. Organization, hospitality, parenting, designers, inventors, teachers, coaches, bakers, cake decorators, carpenters, writers, dancers, singers, technologists, sculptors, sewers, knitters, poets, photographers, cooks, jewelry makers, dramatists, public speakers, preachers, prayer warriors, intercessors, prophets, gardeners, builders, some with stones, some with Lego bricks, some with people. Painters, drawers, cartoonists, musicians, furniture restorers, upcyclers, not sure if that's actually a word, crafters, nappy cake makers, that's me, Mr. Fix-its. And I know that that only touches the surface of what's actually in you, what is seen and what is unseen at the moment, at, at this time. And some of you said, yep, that's me, to more than one of those things. And God, you know, he doesn't want us to be limited to just being good at one thing. There's a rich tapestry of creativity in each one of us. And he wants us to explore the diversity of that creativity. Because he is, how diverse is he as our creator God? I mean, think, just think about just animals. Just think about all the animals that, you know, we could reel off thousands of animals. And then think about the different, you know, breeds within that animal type. You know, God is just, is mind-blowing, isn't he? There's diversity. You know, I've met a few people uh, in my lifetime so far that are just, well, they're just so annoyingly creative. <laughs> Do you know anyone like that? I think Bezalel was maybe a bit like that. They're just really so annoyingly creative. And um, I'm just like, that is really unfair. <laughs> and it's like when God was creating them and filling them up with everything that they were be- going to become. He had this bucket and he kind of, it says creativity on it. And it kind of like dripped. And, you know, he spilled, he spilled, you know, Three people's worth of creativity on that person. That's just, that's just a bit of fun. Um, you know, we are creative when we speak. The Bible says that our words hold the power of life and death. They create either life or death. And if we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, then when we walk into the playground, into the office, into the hospital, into our neighbor's home, we change the environment. We create a different environment because of he who is within us. Let's be creative with the truth. I don't mean lying or twisting things. I mean, let's be creative with how we communicate who God is, how we communicate the gospel, how we communicate the mandate that's been given to us to bring good news to the poor. Let's be creative in that. Let's be creative in releasing the captives, to bring sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to share and and demonstrate that the time of the Lord's favor is here. Let's be creative in that. Our awareness and our subsequent use and exploration of the creativity God has given us comes out of our relationship with him and from our engagement with his spirit and by the renewing of our minds every day. When we are tuned in and we're plugged into him, then that's when we'll see our creativity grow and flourish. In the beginning, God spoke and his voice created. So let's listen for his voice in amongst all that's going on in our lives And then let him create in us and through us. And, you know, he is going to give us out-of-the-box ideas and and ways of thinking and doing and seeing if we will only listen to him and and just tune ourselves into him and turn our hearts towards him. 
much creativity, not all, but much creativity in the secular world, it begins and it usually ends with ego. It's all about self, my giftings, my talents, my intelligence, my abilities. I am amazing. Our creativity, our creativity, must come from the assuredness of our, our identity in Christ. Yes, God does think we are amazing. And, you know, he wants us to believe that about ourselves. About ourselves. We stand before him and we go, God, you've made me amazing. You know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't we? But instead of us getting the glory, which is ego, we are here to express God, to worship him and to give him the glory. And our creativity can quite often expose us because we're, we're putting ourselves out there. We're expressing what's on God's put on the inside of us. And, and we can feel vulnerable and we can feel, 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 feel fearful of what people will say about us, how they critique us, how they judge us. And, um, but, you know, if, we create, if what we create brings glory to God, we don't need to live in the fear of man or of the enemy. The fear of man stops creativity in its tracks. I'm sure we all know that to be true. But the Bible says, and I think it was Stu mentioned this this morning, that God's perfect love casts out fear. When we're safe in the knowledge of this, that we are so loved by our creator, like I read in, that, in the storybook at the beginning, it brings us to a place where we can freely express who he's made us to be. Here's a few thoughts about what creativity is. So creativity is, and there's a lot that could be said um, I found it really hard to whittle this down today because there is so much to be said about creativity. But here we go. Creativity is seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary. It is creating something from nothing, calling to exist that which doesn't yet exist on earth. It is thinking outside the box. It's seeing things from a different perspective. It's seeing things that everyone else sees, but thinking something different, which leads you on a different path. Creativity is exploring and playing, experimenting and journeying. It's breaking out of the norm, breaking out of the patterns we have formed in our lives. Creativity is enjoying the process as much as the end result. Creativity is life-giving to us and to those that we share it with. Creativity liberates us and those around us. And I've got some questions that um, I'm, I'm going to ask the students to give out in a minute. Um, and we haven't got time to, you know, take the time now, but I want you to take them away and, and do a bit of homework, if that's okay, all right? It's, you can decide. I'm not going to ask them back in and, like, tick them off. Sorry, Alan. But, you know, if you want to use it, use it, okay? So the questions are to, um, and I, um, we'll give these out in a minute, um, think about the ways that you are creative every day. Think about the particular giftings that God has given you to express yourself and him creatively. Ask God to show you what giftings are laying dormant within you. Ask God to guide you in trying something new out, a new skill, ability, or creative art that will help you to develop and grow. In what ways can you share your creativity with others? How can you help others to be creative in the everyday or in teaching them a particular skill or creative art that you've learned or that you have a natural ability in? Um, 
yeah, I'll give those out at the end. So I'm going to leave you with this. Oh, I just want to say that, um, you know, we are all needed. Um, you know, in Ephesians, it talks about the body, doesn't it, and different parts of the body. And that goes for, you know, if, creati- if creativity is in us, then that is what we bring. We bring ourselves to the table and we bring our creativity. And we need everyone to bring, you know, what's in your hand to bring, okay? We need it all. Nobody's sidelined. Okay, because you can't do that and you can't do the other. We need everybody's giftings and creativity to, to, to build God's church. Okay, so I'll leave you with this. I don't know who said this. I just picked it up from somewhere, so apologies to the person who did say it. Um, the one thing that you have that nobody else has is you. Your voice, your mind, your story, your vision. So write and draw and build and play, remember to play, and dance and live only as you can. In other words, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And this is just the beginning for us. Um, And before we end, um, God really spoke to me about two groups of people this morning. And then there's those people who God's calling you to step out, just like we were singing about, about stepping out into the water. Um, God wants, he's been speaking to you about trying something new, okay? And you know, you know he's stirring something inside you, and you know that you need to just step out. It might be you've dabbled in something, maybe creatively, but he wants you to step out, and he wants you to give it a go and trust him, take his hand, and see where he'll lead you with that. So that's, that's to do with something new, and then there's people who, there's, um, there's ability in you, there's talent in you, there's, you know, it's, it's in your nature to do, to do something creative that has been laying dormant, and he wants to call it forth again, and he wants to breathe on it. Um, I was in this place a few years ago, um, ever since I was about this high, um, I've loved dancing and moving and just expressing myself in that way. And um, so all throughout my life, I've, I, you know, I'm not a qualified dancer by any means, but um, I've, I've trained and I've just, it's just, you know, I was, I was trying to explain it to Neve because um, I was on the way to a dance rehearsal the other night and she's, I was driving and she said, Mummy, God's really given you an ability to dance. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I believe that. I believe he has. And um, I was telling her that when I, when I dance and I move um, and just in his presence and communicate him, I feel more alive than I do just walking around. I, of course, I'm alive and, you know, God's in me. But there are things, and we know, because we've, we've been there in that place, we know that God, he wants to make us more alive in him than we are already. So there's, there's those two things. Something new that God wants to, he's like, take my hand. I want to help you explore this and try this out and see where I take you. And then there's something which is, it might have even felt like it died inside you, but God wants to breathe life into it, and he wants it, you know, and that is for the benefit of the body. It's, it's going to benefit you, but it's going to be for the benefit of the body as well. So um, if that's you, can I ask you to just take a courageous step and stand, because I want to pray for you this morning, if that's you. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. 
In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.